Happy New Year. Welcome back to the podcast. As I'm sure you've noticed, we took a month off, but we're back. So episode 40 is coming up for your listening pleasure. And we've got some more in the bank coming at you. Uh, We should have weekly releases throughout the first quarter of the year. And excitingly, we are going to be adding some special guests along the way. Bill and I have put our heads together, thrown out some invitations. And so you'll get some more good content from a number of our friends. Stay tuned. Till then, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, the podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. When I was first uh, lured into working as a dental consultant uh, by Bob Fraser, uh, I my my remark was, hey, I'm a family therapist. What, what would I be doing in a dental office? And then I go into a dental office and realize how much a dental office is like a family in dynamics, in roles, uh, in emotions. It's a very close group of people that are interdependent for important things. And there, who are at slightly different levels, and each one has certain amount of power and authority and and role responsibility. Yeah, very very much like a family. And so that was great for me because I could just apply a bunch of stuff. I had to learn some about dentistry, but man, there was a whole bunch of stuff I knew about families I could bring on in. Point here: your new practice owner, or even a brand new associate, and you're in this practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of your ability to do well in that environment, not the environment of the mouth, but the environment of the dental practice is based on whatever emotional loading you're bringing from your family of origin. If you come from a family where authority was used harshly, then you're going to be sensitive to authority. You're going to be sensitive of being the authority figure, and you may deflect that. Well, maybe I shouldn't be telling these people what to do because I'm uncomfortable with authority. Or if you come from a family that had a lot of scarcity, uh, I'm frequently getting this. People say, you know, I just can't bear to look at my PL statements at the end of the week. Uh, it just makes me so nervous. Well, because money was a big thing in my family, and this, this, this has got that same feel to it. Did people fight in your family? Did they resolve it? Was there a sense of rupture and repair in relationships? Or was there just rupture and no repair? Or was there just, we're just all scared that if we rupture something, there's going to be another divorce. Like, you know, when mom divorced dad and, you know, now she's yelling at stepdad and who we kind of like, and oh my gosh. Uh, and if you grew up there, 
go into a dental practice and you're going to have to have this hard conversation with a team member who's just not being accountable. And you go, no, nah, oh my gosh, but you know, what if they get mad at me? Now, where I'm headed with this is unfortunately some of the stressful parts of being a leader in a dental practice, we bring in already pre-programmed from where we grew up and it makes it harder. It's already difficult. It's already emotional just to be the leader, even if we were had a total blank slate when we walked in there, but we don't. So I think one of the best things that a new leader in a dental practice, particularly an owner can do is go get some competent counseling and be willing to talk about the family you grew up in and match that up with the dynamics you're seeing in the practice that you're leading because you're going to have blind spots and you're going to have sensitive spots that often come from our history. And then all of a sudden we're the leader and we're, we either have a sensitive spot and we're guarding it too much and that causes a problem or we're overreacting and that's causing a problem. And a lot of that can be helped by going back, unpacking some of the family of origin stuff, letting those things calm down so that you can react from the fullness of who you are now and your aspirations to be a leader now and go forward from there. I, I really like how you brought that together there. Uh, I was actually going in a different direction when you started that and I'm going to come back to it, but uh, I, I really like how you, um, you put the onus on that leader, on the individual to say, what is my role in this mm -hmm. and how can I influence that? And I can have a positive influence on that by learning more and then uh, about myself, but also to, to piggyback on what we said earlier, you can also learn techniques to help you communicate better with others. All yes. of that is learnable, which is the beauty in this. Uh, you're not just a uh, unwilling participant in a uh, torture device that can be a dental office. <laughs> you're yeah. you can you can positively influence it. Yes, and I absolutely it's happened several times when. Um, Dennis has referred to me because at some point under tension, uh, they said some pretty awful things to one of the team members. Uh, not just the, let's get this straightened out, but something below the belt, really mm -hmm. like, no, that you knew that was going to hurt and you said it. Uh, and the team's upset. And then the dentist is upset. It's like, I don't, you know, and I basically usually look at him and say, well, what'd your father do when he was mad? Oh, he yelled and threw things. What did he yell at you? Uh, he said, I was stupid. He said, I'd never mount anything. He's, you know, da, da, da. I said, well, you know, what did you yell? Yeah. Again, it's under stress. It's, it's not what he intended to do that day. Mm -hmm. It's not, it wasn't part of the treatment plan anywhere to stop and turn to his assistant and say that. Um, we all get stressed. That's fine. But part of the problem with being stressed is we go back to those sort of rote memory uh, pieces in our head. 
that inform our next actions and they really don't feel under our control. I mean, they are, but they don't feel like that. It feels like someone pushed a button and some subroutine in my head is just running. And then I say these things and all of a sudden, you know, I wish I hadn't. Right. And here comes Bill, the counselor who mentions my dad. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm becoming my dad. As you say that, I think under stressful situations that I get angry, mm-hmm. I act like my mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gender and, is not actually, doesn't have to be matched up. Yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never really thought it through that way before, but now as you explain that, that kind of makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah. Kids learn through modeling and through watching. Yeah. Those get stored in our brains. Um, and if if we're young, they get stored without any critique. It's mm. just the way it is. It's just the way you respond. Now, later, you put other layers on top of that, layers of behavior, layers of ways to react. But, you know, during a really stressful day, you've used number one, you've blown through number two, you've done three. Well, pretty soon you're getting down to that layer that is just habitual. I am just so stressed now that you hit that. And then and then things happen. Yeah. It's not like we start there. Right. You know, a really stressful day can can push us down to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. That That's a really fun thing to kind of dig into and look at similarities in those responses uh, to tell a personal story uh when i first started my practice about half the time it was like my father was in the room and i was thinking you know about how he would handle things and what he mm-hmm. would do he was not a counselor but he had a practice and you know something. and so <laughs> finally one day i just had had it I got up, I walked to the door, I opened the door to my office, and I said, okay, Dad, out out of my office, you're not invited here anymore, and I closed the door. My colleagues thought I was a little nuts, but it was that sort of declaration that that I'm not going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And that I had, that I was, that wasn't the end of it, but that was sort of the start of, wait a minute, if if I do it the way my dad did it, I'll have the life my dad had. Hmm. And I'd be really dumb to head down that road knowingly when I've got plenty of time and a wonderful practice here to do it different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that you said you did an act too. Mm-hmm. There is power in a ritual or and uh, making it an event to make it have more impact for our brains mm-hmm. to to kind of like whether that's drawing a line or a deadline or making a declaration those things all have impact and so doing that might seem silly to somebody on the outside but to our brain it's it's meaningful and powerful so that's I'm glad you said that and it um, also in a practice, we have so many wonderful opportunities to do that, to to decorate a waiting room so it becomes your idea of of welcoming 
and 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 comfort uh, you set up the culture not entirely by yourself but but the leader's a, a main you know it's the main ingredient here so you can you can start to experiment with where do you want to work where do you want to spend your life that's the wonderful thing about a practice mm-hmm. it's that yeah that we have sensitive things from where we grew up or incidents that happened to us but if you own your own practice you can change those things and you you can change them in real time through real actions and they become very very real i'm going to make one correction there that is you said if you own the practice and i'm going to say even if you're an associate you can positively influence oh yes the culture of a practice by the way you communicate you might not be able to make financial decisions you might not be able to give somebody a raise or fire somebody or buy that next piece of equipment but you can have conversations in a way that that manage a culture towards mm-hmm. the direction you prefer versus being subject to what's there. And I think that is the great gift that I've gotten being in a profession and having a practice that I, I yeah, it's more stressful, but I'm creating my own environment that I go to work in. Mm. And I've been, I've been doing it 36 years now. And so it's like, wow, that's a lot of days, but it's a lot of days I got to spend in an environment that I was working to make better and to shape. So it was really good for me. It was very personalized, very customized, not entirely, of course, because it's the real world, but way more customized than if I you know, showed up at Amazon and asked for a job. And that's all about, do you fit here? My right. practice is, no, my practice is going to fit me. Yeah. So to go back a little bit to where I thought you were going with the person coming in into this family, and that is when you are going in to join a practice or to buy a practice, you are joining a family that already exists. And so what kind of family are you joining? Are you getting into? And and what can you do? We just talked about it, but what can you do to get into that family? How, How do you join a family uh, better or worse. And so coming in and going gangbusters and trying to get everybody to change is not going to work out real well. Um, As I was explaining to a, a fairly young dentist who was bought a, a practice from a retiring dentist. So a lot of team had been there 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And I said, oh man, no, no, you're the stepdad. That's right. You are the stepdad. Yeah, and 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 don't don't come in and think that you're just going to make everything. You know, you have to show respect for what they have. Yeah. Okay. You have to re- show respect for what they've achieved, and you and you and you really need to look around. Don't just be looking at what you want. It's like, what have they actually done here? And have the kind of respect for they may do it this way because there's a problem that they saw ten years ago that they fixed. And one of the best things is I noticed that we do it this way. What problem does this fix for you guys? It's a great question. And get the story of how, oh, yes, we had this patient that and that, 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 that. It's like, oh, that. Even if you want to change it, you need the story of why it is that way. And you need to show respect that these are smart people who did the best they could to put this practice together. 
The other piece that is really hard, particularly if you're a young guy, is you walk in there and you look at somebody who spent 20 years in their practice. And it's easy to think of them as, well, are they good at scheduling? Are they not good at scheduling? There's that other piece. They have spent their life there. Spent it. They won't get it back. Those hours that they were there came out of their lives. And to walk in and say, oh, you, this is all just wrong. Well, how would you like it if somebody came in after you'd spent 20 years of your life and said you'd been doing it wrong the whole time? That that was somehow a waste? No, I, I, I think I'd be pretty angry at that. Just, just because they did that, whether, and it may be that that way of scheduling is totally ridiculous, but man, that guy would never get there with me. It would be... I've spent my life, I cannot get those days back, and you told me it was worthless. Oh, I'm, I'm going to chew your arm off right now. <clears throat> yeah, the only thing I have to add there is, as you come in as the new person, you might think that you've taken enough time to get into the family. Mm -hmm. Wait longer. Wait longer. <laughs> and, and wait longer. And one of the best things you can do as, as the new guy is listen one or two minutes longer. Just to, like every conversation, everybody, somebody's telling you something, just be calm and don't shut the conversation off. Let it run a minute or two longer. See if they got more to say. First, it shows respect, but also they may be waiting to see if you really want to know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And that's a minute or two long. You know, it seems like forever when you're doing it, but it's like, nah, man, I just I just hang out here and just look at you, smile. Let's see if there's more to this story. Because that may be what I really need to know. Good. But the other piece yeah. is that you know, when you're walking into that really difficult old practice new owner, um that you're going to hear things about the previous dentist from the patient. Some good things, some bad things. I, you know, you're going to have to figure out how are you going to receive this information in what I would suggest a very non-judgmental way. Even if they come and say that you're wonderful and the other guy was really awful, don't get all, you know, swelled up with that. It's like, you know, thank you, but keep it non-judgmental. Most likely what's going to happen is the other way, which is Dr. So-and-so never said that or never did that or never suggested that. And it's very easy to get caught up in defending you, them, dentistry, whatever. But, you know, what if you didn't? What if it's like, I'm just going to stay calm, be non-judgmental, and say, well, this is, you know, this is what I saw in your mouth. And this is what I do about it. And kind of, it's, it's still daring to take a stand, but it's not doing it with guns blazing. Right. Yeah, there are better ways to have those conversations in those difficult circumstances and that allow you to maintain or develop good rapport and relationship with the patient versus as an adversary. Because oh, they yeah. liked that guy. They, uh -huh. And so if you come in and you're in opposition to the guy they've liked for the last 30 years, you're going to lose that battle. 
So and don't you, make it a and battle. You, and you bought the practice yeah. because of these loyal patients. Yeah. Don't piss that away. Right. <laughs> They're loyal. Okay. Uh, let 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 me earn their loyalty or transfer their loyalty, but I can't squash their loyalty and get it back. They'll just leave. Right. The other piece, and this is a, a little more esoteric. Uh, every time I've seen someone go into an, again, we're talking about older practice. Dennis has retired. Everybody's been there 20 years. There are usually a few objects and a couple of ways of doing things that no longer have to be efficient or good or beautiful because they're part of the, the cultural ritual of that office. That ugly painting in the waiting room that you want to get rid of. What if that was the first thing in the waiting room back 20 years ago? And everyone knows this. Or what if that's the lake that they all went for their first get together as a team back 20 years ago? I mean, Ooh, you know, before I just, and same thing with some, with some ways of doing things that they, they do it that way, not because it's the best way, but it reminds them of who they are and where they've been. Doesn't mean you can't change it, but, but you can't change it quickly. And you've got to be able to understand what, what is the ritual here that I'm partaking in? Mm -hmm. You know, it may be as simple as, you know, uh, pizza's lunch on Friday. Oh, those are easy, much more complicated. If it's this, very ugly thing that was a gift from a patient and we all remember how successful that was and how much we cared for that patient. Don't throw that out of the way. It's not going to be good for you. Right. And that's where coming in and, and learning about those things. And then for those valuable pieces, develop a celebration around it. If oh, you're going to yeah. make a change, you know what? Yeah. Celebrate the old, bring in the new, make it a team event. You know, all of those things you can do in a way that is really positive and reinforcing versus destructive. And yes. it's just a matter of finding that that appropriate path and finding that path comes through communicating with the team. And there is a tribal story that the practice, every practice has got one. Right. And if I was buying a practice before I actually put the money down, oh, yeah, sure. I'd do my due diligence with the spreadsheets. Uh, and I'd look at everybody's qualifications and I'd see the level of work. But the thing I'd want to hear from everyone is someone tell me about how this practice started and why it's here. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hear it from the team, you know, and why each one came and why they stayed. Yeah. And, and, and just what the story is not as an interview, but just, and I'd be thinking, is, is this a story that I can add to? That I can join, or is this going to be a story that, ooh, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start pushing back at, and then we're gonna, and I'm okay. Wait a minute, no, we're I'm gonna get we're gonna get antagonistic somewhere along the line. Right. Most stories, though, uh, if you're willing to join them, they have a way to join. Again, particularly if you're the if you're the dentist, owner or associate, um, they want you there. They have a role for you. But you need to know what it is, both in the practical sense, but also in that story sense. And absolutely, if you're the associate, you want to hear all the stories about the past associates. Right. You know, how how they triumphed and how, how, how they, you know, went down in defeat. I mean, whatever, whatever it was, 
you just and you don't pass judgment it's just you know thank you very much appreciate that yeah and you go on um because that's that's the that's the spot for you you know we talk about joining the dental culture there in the office yeah but in the small town you also have to join the town culture that's so right it's a, a two-hit thing it's not just oh you know it's a big city it's kind of you know it's got an office depot like everywhere else and i just have to fit into this practice oh no 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 you have to fit in the practice and then you know you got you got to fit in the town and you gotta you gotta be part of the rotary or whatever and when the kids come by with those disgusting chocolate bars for the band you gotta buy two you right. know um the, the, there's a fit and so some of these people i think didn't fit in and it's under the heading of didn't like the town it's they didn't like the town's culture or the yeah. town's culture didn't like them right yeah thanks again for listening as always, feel free to reach out with questions or comments in Podcast at gmail.com. And tune in next week for another episode. Cheers. <laughs>